Kia ora and welcome to Jules from NZ, a podcast from a Kiwi chick, chocker with roleplay gaming chat and world lore of the most fantasy place ever, Aotearoa, New Zealand. Chur. Kia ora, morena. It's the morning over here and I'm recording in my car again. Um, and uh, tēnā koutou katoa. Welcome back to all of you, to Jules from NZ. Lots of really cool call-ins for you today on the on the cuff. I've just been listening to Joey's episode about pain and hidden roles and hilariously, that's pretty much what I want to talk about today. Um, so maybe we should just call our episodes the same thing because we're basically the same person now. Um, but I'm going to get started with some fun call-ins because I asked a couple of questions last episode of Jules from NZ where um, I talked about octopuses with shields and I talked about fighting fantasy recommendations. So I got some call-ins about those things and I'm going to let them play. So take it away, lads. Okay, Jules. Now, hopefully this is just about in time. Fighting fantasy recommendations. Now, number f- where it used to be number three, uh, Forest of Doom was the first ever purchase for me in the series uh, just because of my age one and two had kind of come out i was too young that was citadel of chaos and warlock of firetop mountain forest of doom was my first holds a special place in my heart i think it's really good it is iconic um but i'm biased uh, island of the lizard king was originally number seven I played the hell out of that game, played the hell out of that, and it's pretty interesting. Reminds me of um, Isle of Dread in some ways. But interestingly, Creature of Havoc, I haven't played, but that's the one that I want to play next, and you're actually a monster in that one. So that's a bit of a twist. Take care, I'll catch you later. Kiora Jules, all right, Kiora, Kiora, Kiora! <laughs> Weird, Colin. I think I um, might have published those um, call-ins in the wrong order. I'm so sorry. I, I definitely let you down there. Um, you, you, absolutely everybody. Um, him saying Kyoto should have come first. You know what I mean? <laughs> I love it, Colin. And okay, so because your Colin did come in on time um literally the day that I was heading to the shop uh your call-in was sitting there when I woke up that morning which is perfect timing so I went into the shop they had those ones advertised on the website but some of those books are like at their house because they have just a house full of boxes so when I went into the store there was um two of your recommendations were there so I now am the proud owner of Forest of Doom and Island of the Lizard King. I'm very, very excited to play them through. They're both written by Ian Livingston, so I'm continuing my Ian Livingston uh, Finding Fantasy book uh, exploration. Uh, I haven't flipped the covers or anything because I promised Joey that we would play another one, Uh, even though Joey really wants to return to Death Trap Dungeon and see if we can make it through legit this time by different choices and things like that. So I'm... Uh, it's a very, it's a very hard call. Do we continue on Death Trap Dungeon or do we uh, visit one of these new books? You know, so I, f- I feel like maybe um, 
people should call in and tell us what we should do next. Um, because it's very fun for us to do together and, and, and as a fill-in and between the million um, games that we're playing that sometimes get put on hold or cancelled or whatever for various reasons. You know, people are sick or um, busy with lives and stuff. That happens. So uh, we use these as like, a, oh, we don't have a game and we were supposed to have a game. Okay, let's play some fighting fantasy. So, um, yeah, it's been really fun. I'm loving it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great time. Okay. Thanks, Colin, for your recommendations. I'm loving um, that I get to explore more. So I did say I wanted to talk about how uh, my episode is the same as Joey's episode, Pain and Hidden Rolls. Um, <laughs> I I injured myself, uh, I'm pretty sure, pretty badly yesterday. <laughs> I, 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 I did, did two things. Um, so my, my national retail sales manager has been down from Auckland. He doesn't come down very often. It's maybe like once or twice a year, uh, to have a look at the stores, analyze the numbers, talk about the stores, give good feedback, like all of these things. Um, just, just really cool visits. He's a really cool, intelligent, smart dude. And so listening to him talk about the stores and the numbers and what it means and what we could do better and things like that is just like a really awesome eye-opening chat. Um, so I enjoy it a lot, but it's just really also then I, I, I want to prove myself and I want to, um, make sure he knows I'm, I'm, I'm also good at my job. Um, so I worked probably a bit too hard, a bit too fast. I was trying to do things, um, that were a bit, um, you know, like not take the stock off the rail before I lifted it. Um, (laughs) which is, I'm pretty sure how I did my shoulder, um, because I was just lifting way too much and trying to move things around too much, which I really shouldn't do because I injured my wrist that way, that exact same way, not that long ago, Jules, telling myself off. Um, and then I went out the back and, um, some bags fell over and I kind of, I think I've sort of slightly twisted my ankle. It seems to be much better today, actually. I, put some um, Voltaren gel on it and wrapped it last night and put it up. And, and it seems to be doing much better today. My shoulder, however, not the same matter. My shoulder is killing me. It's right on the shoulder blade. Um, and it just really hurts. And even last night trying to sleep on it, God, it was torture. So don't know how that's going to go. But luckily, I've got a long weekend coming up to be able to rest myself um, and not do any more lifting. And I'm going to try not to do too much today as well so I won't be too broken (laughs) but I am in a bit of pain today so we're just kind of gonna struggle through it's gonna be fine chin up Jules you can do this this is what getting old looks like I'm 39 gonna have my 40th birthday next year and I'm already broken um but on to hidden rails so I had a thing come up in a game recently where um with Ghosts of Saltmarsh you're playing um old modules, you know, old D&D modules um, that have been reskinned, touched up, refreshed, and kind of put together in this um, campaign book, you know, so, which is why sometimes com- people complain about Ghosts of Saltmarsh because they feel like it doesn't flow or doesn't have a good through story. Um, as a DM, you've got to do a little bit more work, but I don't really have a problem with that. I like having room to wriggle and improvise around, but what it also means is some of these adventures are pretty gnarly because back in the day, 
they didn't give you as much of a, a soft kind of, you know, people think of 5e as soft. There's a lot more save rolls. There's a lot more opportunities for the players to do well, basically. So they're in, um, they're in an underground dungeon. Um, they were warned that it was protected, like whatever the treasure is down there is well protected. They were warned about that. Um, but what they didn't necessarily know is that this dungeon is trapped. It's trapped to buggery. There is five different types of traps, you know. Um, there is tripwire traps, which pull rocks down onto their head. There are um, open pit traps with spikes in them. Spike pits! Um, there are um, uh, illusory traps. Um, just like holes in the floor that there's an illusion cast over the top of, so it makes it look like they're not a hole in the floor. Um, there's doors to open. Some of the doors behind them have a loaded ballista, which just like fires into them with a ranged attack. So there's no real way to get out of the way of that. Um, and the other doors does something else. I forget what that does. There's another false door that has another trap kind of attached to it. I, they haven't set that one off, so I cannot recall it right now, of course, because my brain is doing that thing to me. But essentially, um, the spike pits don't have any saving throws because when the floor opens up underneath you, you fall through the floor. There's no way to save from that. You just do, you know? Um, and um, so that happened, and uh, he wasn't a big fan of getting no save. You know, because he didn't get a dexterity save. And so he was like, I feel like I should have got a dexterity save. And I was like, well, you don't. So that's the thing. Um, and then the next player who kind of came along tripped over a tripwire and a stone fell from the ceiling. And he managed to get a dexterity save to get out of the way of that. And then he was like, well, how come that guy gets a dexterity save and I don't? And, you know, so it was a whole thing. Um... He wasn't too grumpy or anything, but you could kind of tell he was a little miffed, especially seeing as falling in the spike pit made him unconscious, <laughs> which is fun for me. Um, <laughs> um, maybe not so fun for him. Uh, his players got him out. It was fine. It was only a 10 foot deep spike pit. It's not like it's going to, you know, kill him or anything, but, um, so that happened and then the next session around you know they they obviously opened more things went into more places they got ballisted to the to the chest and and that doesn't have a saving throw either that is just me rolling an attack roll against them against their ac so yes there's a chance to miss so it's not like it absolutely hits but it also has a plus seven um so it's you know it's a likely thing to hit with them at um level five not one of them one of them their ac is like 21 or something crazy so it's really hard to hit him but you know if anybody else opens the door it's it's you know it's likely i'm gonna hit them and do some serious damage so and that's not even talking about what's the rest of the stuff in this dungeon you know they just they just came across a vampiric jade statue um so that's you know like sucking the life out of them um which was very fun to play you know so so um, 
And then, the, yeah, so the next session he was a little bit better about the fact that this is going to happen. Like, if they came across another pit, it would it would be exactly the same way. So it wouldn't just be him, although he does tend to spend most of the time out the front, so it's probably going to be him again, but I can't help that. Um, although they are now doing more perception rolls, and I don't make them do perception rolls for every, like, 10 foot they walk, just, like, every new hallway they see, because they haven't seen that one before, so it makes sense that they should have to look at it again. Um so there is a lot more roles, um, basically because their passives are so bad that like they cannot rely on their passives, and they know that. So um, otherwise, I'd be doing a lot less checks because I'd just be like, "Well, you see that, or you see that," but like now they're all like, "Crap, one of us needs to be better at this." Um, so it's a little. Um, luckily, they've made some good turns. Like, as in they haven't just walked down in endless corridors full of these things where they've had to do it a lot in the row. They've kind of come across rooms and been able to bust into them and then different things have happened. So, you know, it's interesting. But, um, yeah, I'd love to hear your experiences with players who are surprised about not getting roles or saves or or surprised about about how a thing went and, and uh, did they get sulky? How did you handle that? Um, did you come down hard on the rolls? Cause I came down pretty hard on the rolls. I was just like, no, this is how this, this particular trap works. There is no gray area here. This is how it works. And he was sort of saying, but like, I feel like it should work like this. And I was like, well, that's, that's great. And, and that might be how some of the others work, um, in other adventures or in other places or even other traps in this very same dungeon. But this particular one doesn't. And I just you know, hardlined it and just let him kind of deal with that. I was like, I know that kind of sucks for you because you're now unconscious, but that's just the rules of the game. Um, but I, this is the same guy who, um, who, uh, you know, um, has, uh, builds his characters on purpose to be the most powerful that they can be, the hardest hitting they can be, the, the most OP they can be. He builds those characters like that. I think that's, his fun in the game is to try and win at it by being the best at that thing. So, you know, maybe I took some of his fun away in that moment because he was relying on that dex check to save him because he's got very high dex, you know. So, um, yeah, yeah. But I'd love to hear your experiences. Anyway, what we're going to hear next is some more call-ins um, based on another question I asked last time. So take it away, lads. Hey Jules, I'm not a 5e guy, so I'm not going to be able to answer as far as what the rules say about octopuses and shields. But provided that that the octopus form, when the druids in octopus form, using the shield is limiting them from using that arm for something else, then I don't see why it shouldn't add to their AC, to be honest. I would let them do it. So, just my two cents. Hey Jules, the Pink Phantom here. Uh, from your recent podcast, you asked about octopuses using shields. Uh, there's a game called The Fantasy Trip from Steve Jackson Games. And in, in the world of that game, I think it's called Sidri, uh, octopuses can go on land and they fight with weapons and shields. So absolutely an octopus can use the shield. And also, it would if you play in a game where you can only use a shield from to defend against an attack from in front of you or something... I would say with their flexible tentacles, an octopus could use a shield from an attack from any direction. Also, I don't think I've complimented your voice on when you sing the My Little Pony theme. 
And that's an oversight on my part because you sound great. Yo, Jules, so I got to call in because when the Phantom is right, the Phantom is right. Pink is a stealthy color. I stand corrected 100%. Dude, awesome call on Cloak and Dagger. And yes, the fact that there is not a monk amongst these characters, yeah, it, it feels like there should be, right, with hand feet. Anyway, <laughs> awesome stuff. Can't wait for the next couple of the Nerds episodes to come out. Yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed the the second game we played. So that I can't wait for that one to come out. All right. Uh, I got to call in about my ponies. <laughs> I really enjoyed a moment there where uh, the pink phantom tells me that I have a beautiful singing voice. And then Joey calls in and says, when the pink phantom is right, the pink phantom is right. That, I, so I put those calls together just for me. <laughs> Thank you so much um, for your call, uh, complimenting my voice. I, I, I will tell my um, music teacher, uh, my voice trainer, that those uh, classes went well. Um, and um, I'm actually a covers band singer. So I sing uh, like rock and roll songs with a covers band down in bars occasionally. Not as much anymore because COVID has meant that our houseboat uh, industry down here is struggling and they don't exactly have a lot of money to throw around to book bands to come play in the bars. So that hasn't happened for a while and I'm kind of sad about that because I miss sort of grooving at the front of a stage and, and watching everybody dance and have a good time. It's like my favorite, bringing those awesome songs to life. So we sing like everything from like the Beatles and old school, just good rock songs to like Foo Fighters and Chili Peppers and um, all of that kind of good, more recent stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. Lots of really awesome songs that I get to sing and I just feel very privileged to be able to do so. So um, if you're at all interested in checking out more of my various bits of singing, there is actually some on my YouTube channel. A lot of comedy parody stuff on there. There's a particularly funny song where I take the lyrics of and the song of um, Hello by Adele and I turn it into the point of view of what a, a cat and a cat owner might go through uh, together. Yeah. So listen to that. It's, uh, I've, I've titled that one on the Jules from NZ YouTube channel as Meow. <laughs> of course, because it makes sense. Anyway, um, back to octopuses with shields. Really good points, lads. Really good points. Okay, so we haven't played again in a piece of the world where he would be able to turn into an octopus because we've been on land for a lot of the last um, session or two. And we're probably likely to be on land again this session coming up. Um, but they will be back in the ocean before too long. So I look forward to uh, being able to reveal that, yes, he can use a shield. Um, and these are how, this is kind of some things that I've come up with for how that might work with, like, yes, he can kind of defend from behind him or from the front and those sort of flexible arm points and stuff. And that, yes, the shield does add to his AC, um, but it does limit how many arms he now has available. Um, uh, depending on how many shields, I don't think I'm going to stack the AC. I'm just going to be like, he, he could hold more than one shield so he could kind of block like thematically in a role play way in a few different directions, but that does affect then his grapple. So maybe he has grapple um, with disadvantage because he doesn't have as many tentacles that he can now use to do that thing, you know? So I've been thinking a bit about that. I think that's sort of how I'm going to play it. 
Um, I love saying yes to my players, so I always want to be able to, but making sure that I haven't made them too OP, uh, because otherwise my planning gets harder. <laughs> so I'm always trying to look after me too. So um, thank you for those amazing call-ins. Um, and now let's get on to the main event, what you're really here for. Take it away. Jules's amazing voice. My little pony, my little pony, what is friendship all about? My little pony, my little pony, friendship is magic. Hey ponies, and welcome back to Tales of Equestria, a dragon's bounty, where we have a tough choice ahead of us. This one was a tough one, tough week, three choices. We had Climbing up to the plateau, following a trail of steam, and heading into a mine shaft. There was a lot going on there and not a lot of detail. I mean, a lot of detail about what the places looked like, but not a lot of detail about where might be the best choice. So I heard from um, uh, someone over the Discord, uh, KP, told me that they would like to follow the trail of steam. Uh, so we're going to do that for KP, but I wonder what everybody else has to say. Hmm, where will we be going today? Let's find out. Hey Jules, I hope it's not too late to put in an entry. I apologize for the background noise. I'm about to start uh, at the exhibition I'm at uh, for my job. So I, I feel like we should go into the mine shaft. Whatever is in my mind as one of those ponies in my mind and since you hinted that ponies might have been there before maybe that's what's causing the issue um so i, I would i think the mine shaft that seems to me the most interesting course of action i hope the others agree if not well we'll see what danger and adventure lies ahead thank you for doing this jules it's been very fun to play ponies i was at a brewery the other day and they had like a unicorn rainbow unicorn as a sticker and i told the woman you know there's an RPG where you can play ponies, and she was very excited because she was, uh, of course, a gamer because many gamers and brewers uh, are one and the same, or they co-mingle, whatever that. Yeah, so with three choices before us, it does start getting tricky. But so I was thinking when I was listening to this, why are we here? What are we trying to do? We're trying to smooth out the dragon, and we found out some information that when it happened before, there was a jewel or a gemstone or something that helped soothe him out. So I think he'd keep that in his treasure hoard. And so I think that means... I think that means Firebrand wants to follow the steam. Firebrand, she, canonically is a she, we found out, uh, is all about that fire, right? So, to the west, young man, west, follow the trail of steam. That's my vote. I can't wait to see where we go. All right, peace out. This is a tricky one, Jules, for the ponies. Do we go up to the top? There seems to be some creature up there, and we'll have better visibility if we go up top. If we fall in the mine shaft, we're not sure what's there, although it's obviously ancient construction, maybe by ponies. Or we can go to this other chamber, where the steam is coming out of. I think I would, I'm going to vote to check out the chamber with the steam first, because that seems like maybe peek ahead in, see what's in there, 
and then move on. I, I think prob, yeah. So I'm gonna say check the chamber with the steam first. So there you go. Hey Jules, Pink Phantom again. I'm just chiming in about the what the ponies should do. I'm torn between uh, going up to the to the top and following the steam because I think those are the two places more likely to to show where why the dragon is so upset. I'm gonna say let's follow the steam. Okay, ponies. You heard those votes. You know what that means. We have to follow the steam. So. We're entering a new part of the dragon's lair, which means that we need to now roll again to see where our dragon ends up on our random chart to see if we end up in the same place that our dragon does. And we don't. Thank goodness. We avoid the dragon this time. It's going to happen. You know what it is. It's going to be exciting. Okay, so instead, we are able to have a look around. Warm white steam fills the air as you approach the area. It pulls and it drifts across the rock floor, obscuring whatever lies ahead of you. You hear the sound of splashing water ahead of you and you stop in your tracks. You can't see very well and you wouldn't want to accidentally fall into a pool. The area feels warm and inviting. So after listening to where the sounds of water are coming from, you slowly make your way forwards, but eventually you decide it's too dangerous to go any further without being able to see. So, here we have some choices. Um, it says, if you have the rock feather whistle, then we would do a thing here. But I don't believe we have that item, so we have to just move on. It does say, however, if you have the lamp, this is a mind test only difficulty two. And if you are a unicorn, which we know Firebrand is, you can produce a small light from your horn. So you may roll your telekinesis talent die as well as your mind trait on this test and take the higher result. Hmm. Okay. All right. So we're doing a mind test with the lamp, which makes it a lot easier to see where we're going um, for, for Strong Oak and Thrilly Philly. But Firebrand is going to do a mind test, but also add telekinesis. So... Let's do Firebrand first. Firebrand's mind is a D6 and their telekinesis is a D6. So we basically are rolling with advantage. That's kind of cool. Okay, so we have a four and a one. So I guess that's a good thing. Um, although I did roll the four first. But either way, um, Firebrand is able to uh, succeed this test. And it does say here, if you succeed, turn to a different section. So I don't know what that is yet. So let's see. Um, what everybody else happens. So um, we have up next Strong Oak with his mind test with his D4, which is a difficulty too because of our lamp. Nice. Strong Oak passes. He gets a three on his dice. And now we're looking at Thrilly Philly with the mind test and gets a four. 
Nice. Okay, so everybody passes the mind test, does not get turned around in the mists, and manages to move on. So let's go to section 65 and see what happens next. Okay. Taking careful steps, one at a time, you make your way through the stain. Though you still can't see very much, you have a vague idea of your position, remembering where the walls of the area are. Intending to what to find out what is on the far wall, you press forward. You feel the ground fall out from underneath you, and for a moment it feels as if you're falling. But with a splash, your hoof makes contact with the water. Not only that, but it's lovely warm water. You realize this must be a natural hot spring. Putting this together with the shape of the crater you came from, you're confident that this mountain used to be an active volcano a long time ago. Somewhere deep below, there is still heat boiling up from beneath the surface. The hot spring looks very inviting, and after a long trek up the mountain, you could really do with a bit of soothing relaxation, and the spring looks perfect for that. Just as you're about to dip yourself in, you notice something moving in the middle of the pool. You thought it was just a rock, but that rock is now rising out of the pool and making a deep, menacing... With a flash, the rock rears its head out of the pool and lets out an angry cry. It's a cragodile! You've heard that they live around pools of water in remote locations, and this one seems to be enjoying the hot spring. The problem is that cragodiles famously hate being disturbed. It begins to approach you, the long stony snout piercing through the blanket of steam menacingly. These things are feared for their incredible strength. Perhaps it would be wise to beat a hasty retreat. So ponies, here's our choice. Do you run away (laughs) and get out of there? If you decide to do that, we are turning to section 33. If you decide to be brave and stay and face this cragodile, see what's up. I don't know. Who knows what's about to happen? Are we about to fight? Are we about to have a conversation? I don't know, but that's the point. I don't know. It's your choice. So, ponies, run away or stay in face the cragodile. All right, time to get out of here because that was enough. Uh, that was some ponies and some awesome Collins and some good chat. I'm. Um, and some more um, interesting stuff that's been going on. I'd love to hear your thoughts on, um, you know, like uh, how you deal with players kind of uh, reacting like that to, um, you know, what happens in a game. Um, yeah, yeah. It'd be it'd be interesting to hear some stories about what you guys out there, what you folks out there have uh, had come up in your games and how you've handled that. So, um, yeah. Anyway, a big personal great thank you to my gems who I could not do this without. That's James, Jason, Barry, Liren, Ezekiel, KP, Joey, and my newest 
dusty. So thank you very, very much, my super sparkly gems. Um, I love you all. Um, thanks to my call-ins. So we had Cal from um, Geomologist Presents, um, Joey from Hindsightless, uh, Colin from Spike Pit, um, Joe, uh, I already said Joey from Hindsightless. Why am I saying you twice? Um, I meant to say Jason from Nerds IPG Variety Cars, and we had the Pink Phantom back on again. Thank you to all of you for calling in and continuing to make um, the My Little Ponies Tales of Equestria playthrough so much fun um, as we're playing through. I love it. Um, all right. I've talked enough, so I'm going to get out of here. You are Kamal Tewehe. You are awesome. Um, and uh, I'm going to say goodbye. Enohora, kakitano, arohanui, mwah. And nohoro mai. Stay well. Look after yourselves. Goodbye.